Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to the Stiff Upper Lip Podcast. I am Tom, and this week we have been a we've been blessed with a Mr. Edward Wilkins. Ed, how are you doing? I'm um I'm fucking jazzed, fella. Uh, some some news recently came down the grapevine that is Vikings related that makes me very happy. I'm sure we'll get onto that later, but for now, yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Absolutely, and we've also got a freshly PC ready, Max Saito. Max, how yeah, it's, how are um, you doing? PC gone mad, I'm afraid to say, boys. PC gone mad. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing too badly at all, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's uh, just about well, it's the trade deadline today, so just gonna have to keep checking on the uh, on the old drip feed. Seeing whether or not any other news comes through, as Ed alluded to, some bits did trickle through. But first, we do actually have some games to discuss. Um, we're not going to. I think that what we found last week is that we uh, were right to skip some of the games in favor of talking about the more exciting ones and cutting the episode. You know, either a bit short or you know onto something more important. And with this one being the trade deadline, we've got a little special thing. So we're going to condense all of our games and we're probably going to cut about eight of them out by the looks of things on this running order. Um, so be prepared for that. If we've got time, we'll, we'll briefly touch on them. But we'll start in Tampa Bay where the Baltimore Ravens beat the Buccaneers 22, uh, 27 to 22. Um, and I'm not going to lie here, I can't remember back onto Thursday because I got really drunk on Saturday and everything that happened three days earlier is a blur to me. So does anybody have anything that was sort of notable about this game to cover for my own foibles? The the key thing for the key takeaway from this game, and it's not just from this game to be fair, it's from like all Tampa games recently. Is how the their whole like ethos used to be stop the run first, but now it just even with like obviously Shaq Barrett's now on IR, but with a relatively unchanged offensive line, sorry defensive line, they've gone to suddenly this incredibly porous team that I don't know couldn't run stop. I don't know me. Well, that is that has been a trend, but it didn't really show up in this particular game but I don't think it was much in the way of credit to the Ravens I think it was more damning that the Bucks are one of these teams that just can't run the ball um Leonard Fournette's just doing nothing and we keep hearing about how Rashad White's gonna break out but it hasn't happened yet and yeah I mean I don't know to be honest like the the Bucks are just at three and five um in a whole mess of trouble um the Ravens, on the other hand, now five and three, and they've added Roquan Smith this week. Um, that that does it. It does improve them. I don't know whether it's gonna sort out their sieve like run defense though. Well, he leads the NFL in tackles, so there's hope that he'll sort of plug a gap. He's certainly an upgrade on Pat Queen, even if his play has up, like been at a relative uptick in recent weeks, but. 
It was that a is... fairly dour game, if I'm being honest. Yeah. That yeah. is one of my bugbears of the last few years, is when people talk about the linebacker who leads the league in tackles, and it's not automatically meaning that they're a good linebacker. I think, for me, that Blake experience Martinez, comes from yes. when Blake Martinez yeah. <laughs> in Green Bay, he would lead the lead. He would lead the league in tackles, but it would always be four yards behind the line, um, and he would be getting basically dragged to the ground. Um, <laughs> I think Joe Schobert's another one who comes to mind who is a little bit like that. Um, so yeah, I think Roquan Smith hasn't quite been himself, but he, you're right; he's definitely an upgrade on Patrick Queen. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing that I do actually remember about this game is Isaiah Likely got his first touchdown of the year, or did he have one previously? I feel like it was his first. Uh, yeah, he had a couple in preseason. I can't remember any other yeah games where he he, he had that he had that level of production because Andrews was out. Yes, um, although Mark Andrews did have uh, three catches of thirty three yards, I think that they're saying that he's going to be fine for next week, and they're not expecting it to be any any like long term thing. It's just more of a day to day sort of deal. But good to know that the Ravens can lean on another one of these like pretty good pass catching tight ends not going to put like a, a a higher grade on Isaiah Likely just yet but it's looking pretty likely that he fills in those shoes just fine ha, good ha, one. Ha. yeah it doesn't hurt the Ra- it doesn't really hurt the ravens to have like a a backup tight end who's really good does it i mean nope that's 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 the a key position for them if they've got a tight end who can get open then their offense can move the ball he does his duty in the in the run game as well. I was a big fan of Likely coming out, and I'm not going to be like hand and it's like, oh look how great he is, but like, yeah, he's just a very good player. <laughs> uh, I I do always love it. I call it your Deirdre Barlow voice a little bit. <laughs> it's, it just it does it, it's perfect. It's like something you'd expect to hear on Coronation Street. I brilliant. Thank you. Please do it more often. I've spent, a, I've spent a lot of time really perfecting that voice. <laughs> I can tell. It is brilliant. Breathtaking, if if I dare say. I may say. <laughs> uh, I am a fan of your right. Deidre Barlow voice for my sins. <laughs> All right, move it along. Yeah, let's, uh, let's turn our attention then to the game on Sunday night where... We all sadly remember this one because it was another absolute stinker for the uh, for the viewing party, as the Buffalo Bills hosted and beat the Green Bay Packers twenty seven to seventeen. My favorite part of this game was that sort of five minute spell where Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers just kept turning the ball over, and none of them were. Re- I couldn't really say that many of them. There was one Josh Allen play that was definitely on him, but. The rest of them were just, like, weird. The game just went odd. Like, Josh Allen throwing it into yeah. the turf and Jair Alexander picking it off. And... Reaching down and grabbing it off the turf <laughs> was really fun. Yeah. It, it, just, it did get, like, really weird for just a random spell of the game. But um, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Other than, you know, Aaron Jones, they finally lent on him a little bit more, the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, hey, look, what do you know? 143 yards from Aaron Jones, so good job. Why don't you do that more often? You might win a game. That that weird period you're talking of, do you know what it reminded me of? Go on. 
Do you remember, unlike old FIFA games where you would sim a game in the career mode, it'd be like, oh, Billy Elitdinov scored a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> like, and just something like stupid happened. <laughs> it was like, oh, turnover, oh, turnover, turnover. And then, and then normal, sort of like normal plays resume. Yeah, it was a little bit like the, uh, the Matrix was sort of chugging for a second there. Um, you could really hear it just t- ticking over. Um, I, don't, I didn't really have many takeaways from this game. I think it went exactly how you would expect it to go. One team has Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, and the other one does not. <laughs> and um, that's certainly to make the difference. I think the Packers sort of made it a bit more respectful in the second half. Um, they did, They kind of had a chance to get back into it, but didn't really. Um, the Bills didn't really keep their foot on the gas either. Obviously, that Josh Allen turnover was like the one, so they could have extended the lead. I think it was pretty much went exactly the way that everyone thought it would. But I think maybe there are a couple of things in the second half that the Packers will be able to look at in film and, and for the first time in about a month. So like, actually, that wasn't too bad. Maybe we could do a little bit more of that, like giving the ball to Aaron Jones, as you say. Did you see the um did you see the the news about Von Miller where he he went up to Aaron Rodgers and just like basically begged the, him to tell Matt LaFleur to pass the ball more so he could get <laughs> so he could do some pass rushing. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that only happens between like proper veteran guys. <laughs> it's like it's like they're reminiscing on their careers in the Hall of Fame induction while they're still on the field. Oh. <laughs> You do like to see it though, and I will say, um, if if we were to all just quickly, uh, we might end up doing this as like a little thing, like rating the best or the biggest free agent moves of the of the summer, seeing how they turned out. Von Miller has to be an A, right? The way that he's yeah. played and revitalized this Buffalo Bills defense. Um, I wouldn't say revitalized. It's, he's like the cherry on the top. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but they've the always one... been able to hold up on the back end. Um, and I mean, it, it's kind of one of those symbiotic relationships. They hold up on the back end. They don't really let anyone get too free. And then Von Miller can can be brought in. And in this in this part of his career, he can be a bit more situational, and he can do what he's best at, which is yeah. getting his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A modern day Terrell Suggs. <laughs> yeah, who he is? Famously he does that role. Was, yeah, <laughs> played well into his twilight years, and also requested teams throw the ball more often. A modern day Terrell sucks. <laughs> I'm sure he retired like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you never retire from Ball So Hard University. <laughs> oh, cracking! Uh, yeah. Pretty quickly through the primetime games this week. Yeah. Uh, For a good reason as well. Yeah. yeah that, that game was, re- even with the Buffalo Bills in it, it was real dreck, wasn't it? It didn't make for fun viewing when the, the second half. No. It just, the, the NFL is in such an odd state at the moment where it, every game seems closer than, uh, well, apart from a couple this week. Um, Every game seems way closer than I seem to remember it ever being the case, and and there is this there is a stat to prove about it, but fuck me, some of them are blanders out. Like half the primetime games from this year have been have been truly. Primetime has been. Primetime has been. Well, you say half the primetime. I would say the majority of primetime games have been good, 
But even the majority of that majority, <laughs> like the actual <laughs> playing time between the in the 60 minutes has been pretty dire. <laughs> it's just that it comes down to a close finish. Yeah, and if you want to talk about a game that had a close finish and was largely dire for about 54 minutes of it, why don't we turn our attention to the final London game of the year where... Broncos country! Let's ride. Finally picked up a win. 21-17 to 17 victors in, well, the Jacksonville Jaguars' new home of Wembley, I guess. Um, adopted home. And, uh, yeah, this game stank for large parts of it. Um, which I think we've, we've, we have been sort of spoiled by how the London games have turned out this year. I think that this has probably been the best year in terms of like how the, how the games have ended up playing out in terms of like late drama. Cause for about an eight year stretch, every single London game came down to like by the end of the second, when you quarter, think well, by midway through the second quarter, the game was over. This when you think year, of dire London plays, what is the play that comes to mind? Like, what play sums up like that stretch in like the mid to late twenty tens of just ridiculous. It's got to be that Case Keenum interception to I think it was Jack Rabbit Jenkins where he threw it up and Jack Rabbit Jenkins was like the only guy who stood in the end zone just by himself. There was nobody even on that side of the field and he just picked him off easily. I weirdly get the visions of a Blake Bortles play when they played the Eagles, but I, all of them were bad in that game. Yeah, for me, it was one of Jameis's five uh, turnovers <laughs> when he had that five turnover day. And it was just like, yeah, a Hail Mary, just like proper, proper, like 40 yard arm pun. Yeah. There was like five years where the best player to grace these shores, the best performance was from Chris Ivory. <laughs> London legend. <laughs> the streets remember Chris Ivory. Oh, they'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> the year. Ubu of running backs. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. I've never. I literally, when when Ed came to me four and a bit years ago saying that he wanted to start an NFL podcast, I don't think I could have pictured that on the on trade deadline twenty twenty two that I'd hear that Chris Ivory was the Yakubu of running backs, and for it to actually be a good point. I don't know why you couldn't imagine that. It, it is true, and it has always been true, and it w- will continue to be true until the end of time. So any day, not just today, I want you to carry that message with you in your heart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will do just that, which... I mean, I'll carry that message in my heart longer than I'll carry this game in my heart. Um, I actually... No, I have absolutely almost nothing to talk about from this game. Well, you did actually have one point which you got really weirdly het up about in the group chat and on Twitter, which was about that like Russell Wilson arm punt at the end of the Oh yeah. <laughs> it just bugs me for some reason when people um if if you don't know what you're looking at, I can understand why you'd be like, This is absurd, there's like no one over there and he's throwing a deep shot. But Tony Romo explained it on a Derek Carr play, I think in twenty it was Tony Romo's first year as a commentator. It was the end of the first half, fourth down, about two seconds left. He says, "He's gonna, it's gonna look weird, but he's gonna take the snap, roll out to the right in max protect, and then just chuck it out of bounds because it's safer than punting." 
So, you know me, I've become the Broncos defender, which is a quite awful position to have painted myself into, but here I am. <laughs> it's, it's up there in weirdness of um, Baltimore always electing to uh, take safeties rather than... Yeah, <laughs> like I seem to remember the Rams away. opting to do it quite a lot as well. Um, but yeah, it... I, you understand why it happens, but I imagine to a London crowd who are a mixture of like diehards and some guy off the street. <laughs> I imagine there was like, and especially I suppose because you're putting on an exhibition, like you could at least try. <laughs> I do feel like if there's a game to do it, it's not. We're not talking about NFL Europa in Dusseldorf in July of 1998. It's a regular season <laughs> game. It's a good point, I suppose. I suppose, as a um, as a sort of ever so slightly closeted Jags fan, like this game was hurtful to my soul. Are you a are you a closet Jags fan? Like you know how like I have a lot of Ed guys, and, and they just happen to all play for Jacksonville. Yeah, a lot yeah. of them are like <laughs> yeah. young Jacksonville defenders. Yeah. <laughs> so like like they even picked up um, a guy, and he got absolutely. Um, crippling penalty as well, bless him. But the, the rookie centre, Luke Fortner, is one of my guys as well. And it just so happens that every time I go, oh, this player's got a bit about him, I like him, he goes to Jacksonville and has his career ruined. Yeah. Although, if if you if there was going to be one player that I think could potentially book that trend as being a, as being a guy that maybe won't have his career ruined, it's Travis Etienne. Who busted out 156 yards of rushing for large stretches of this game? I thought that Travis Etienne was about to put the Jags on his back and carry them across the Atlantic Ocean, with how far he was carrying them through this game. He, it didn't look like the Broncos had an answer for him all day. And considering that they played pretty well against Trevor Lawrence, who only had like 133 yards and two interceptions, ugh. Sort it out, Trevor, for fuck's sake. Uh, Travis one Etienne. Of was, one of them was terrible as well. Yeah, well, he keeps doing this thing where he rolls out to the right in the red zone and instead of chucking it away or keeping it or playing a safe pass, he keeps just misreading somebody that's playing shallow and just throwing it straight at them. He did it against Houston and he's done it here. And that's twice this season and it's cost them. It should have cost them against the Texans if they were in if the Texans weren't an absolute dumpster fire of a team. But the Broncos obviously made them pay because they have, like, an ounce more talent, even if it's poorly coached talent. Like, come on, man. I mean, that that was all pro Justin Simmons. I mean, he's got maybe an ounce more <laughs> yeah. pro there. Yeah. <laughs> but I get... Yeah. We, yeah. We can talk about Trevor's foibles all day, and the, the, I'm sure there'll be a forum for that. But, yeah, the Huskies legend, Travis Etienne. Yeah. That was the best day of his pro career so far. A hundred percent. And I could see him kicking on now that he's not got that like weird cloud over him of like, oh, but what if we use uh, James Robinson on on this play or whatever? And it's like, yeah, you could do that. You probably should have been doing that last season more often, but you've now got Travis Etienne back and he's running hard. And why don't you use him more? Um so yeah, he seems to have recovered from that bad drop that he uh, he had against the Commanders, and now looks like he could fully have a great NFL career 
based off of that. So let's hope that he kicks on because I want to actually enjoy watching a Jacksonville Jaguars game. Please. Thanks. All right. Um, we're now out of all of the sort of special window games, be it primetime or London game. So let's turn our attention then to four Sunday slate games. The Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers played out possibly the game of the year with PJ Walker having play of the year almost. 37 to 34 winners. You got to feel for Eddie Pinheiro though, who not only missed an extra point, but also then missed a game winning field goal that was basically nothing more than a chip shot. And it ended up costing the Panthers twice. Crazy stuff. What a game it was as well though. Yeah, it was the second one was the length of a normal extra point, right? Uh, yeah, uh, thirty-three yards. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it was a quite crazy game because the Falcons had come back to take the lead on the penultimate drive. Oh no, there was a drive. Sorry, the last like six minutes of normal time lasted like an hour. Uh, the Falcons had a lead. They kicked a field goal. Um to increase the lead and then PJ Walker comes out and unfolds this like 63 air yards bomb to DJ Moore who had somehow slipped by a linebacker who was the deepest man and some random corner I've never heard of in my life gets past them (laughs) makes an incredible catch everyone's going nuts he rips his helmet off starts jumping up and down and then um he plays right into the devious hands of Arthur Smith by ripping his helmet off. <laughs> I think um, as soon as you saw that that penalty was applied and Eddie Pinheiro was coming up to kick it, you had this feeling like this he's, he's going to miss this for sure. And then I really knew he was going to blow it a second time because when he took his helmet off on the sideline after the first miss, I noticed he was wearing a diamond ear stud as a kicker. And I just thought, yeah, oh. this guy's not the, banging oh. a big spot. <laughs> Did anyone Did you see, see pre-game how he wasn't? He sort of stopped doing warm-up kicks and started taking selfies on the on the field. And I think it was like highlight heaven on YouTube posted like a little clip of it with the caption: "Should have been practicing those kicks, Eddie." Bang in a big spot. Yeah. Ouch. Sort of things that happen to kickers, and it's the sort of thing as well that will get him cut from the NFL just for those two blown kicks. So it's it's difficult, and it? do you know the cruelest part is it shouldn't have been a penalty because he took his head he took his helmet off off the field. Yeah. Oh, that is that is... true? Yeah. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> Big spot. I mean, it's a crazy penalty to take your helmet off. Is the same as penalty as someone ripping it off your head. Like I guess it just comes under unsportsmanlike, doesn't it? But. Yeah, anytime yeah. the NFL has a chance to be like, um, you're a little Actually. bit too excited about this massive, insane thing that just happened. I don't have a sting. Breaking news has literally just come through. Um, we've we seem to be consistently getting host team trade news rolling in. There is breaking news involving the Bears and the Steelers, who <laughs> are currently. Apparently, working out deals for Chase Claypool. The Bears? The Bears are trading for Chase Claypool, which 
I why I'll reveal that makes little, no sense. I'll reveal a little thing, which is that I actually had the uh, one of my two trades. I guess now I need to find a second and a third. Uh, being Chase Claypool to Tennessee, so good job, thank you Chicago for ruining uh, my <laughs> my points. But there we go, Chase Claypool has been traded to the Bears. Don't know the terms yet. We'll try and find out soon. Are they tanking or not? Because it's like you just, they as soon as the Bears show a sign of life, Ryan Poles is like, nah. He shipped away Robert Quinn. He, he shipped away Roquan Smith. He's and then and then he signed. I, I don't know what it is for Claypool to be fair, but it doesn't seem like a particularly consistent approach to team building. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's because they want eight games to end as soon as possible, so they pick the guy with the longest celebration <laughs> dance for a five-yard completion. <laughs> Look, the the thing the thing here is. Tom um, can barely just can barely hide his glee. What what have you got, Tom? I'm so. What are the terms? I I can't see the terms yet. They've not come through. But uh, I'm I'm so glad. Just purely from the perspective of like, he hasn't worked out for the Steelers. The fact that we're getting trade value for him. That's fine. We probably weren't going to extend beyond his rookie contract, given how many things it's been with this kid. Like, as Ed pointed out, the the celebrating a first down, but while the clock's running in the two-minute warning in a game that you need a touchdown to get back into it. Just shit like that. Calling out people, saying that he wants to be the top three wide receiver, and then dropping every single pass that's over five air yards. It's just how about you actually fucking make a play? Maybe maybe the Bears will get him to work. I hope that he works out purely for his own sake, but shit, I'm glad that we don't have to deal with it. Oh Phew. I think it's weird when we talk about Claypool, because Claypool was like this enormous like i was like insider to tom i was like this guy's really good by the way <laughs> this guy chase claypool you're yeah. gonna really like him total ed guy <laughs> I, I think you you had him go into the packers and uh you were kind of gutted about that because you you really liked him and then we got him and i was like oh yeah that's that's one of your guys could be all right and then in the first game he made an unbelievable play against the g-men and then mm-hmm. i think that that's literally the only positive thing he's done since so, way to go. Anyway, should we should we get back to the to the, to the Falcons game? Because I don't want to spend too much longer talking about Chase Claypool. Did you um note on the Panthers? Did you guys see that the uh, Rams had had two? It was the Rams that had had two first round picks rejected for Brian Burns. Really? Yep. Yeah. Wait, which first round picks were they trying to trade away? Is it next year and the year after? I think do they? I think they do have a first rounder this year, don't they? No, because that was part of the Stafford deal. Oh, Stafford trail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in that case, yeah, it must be then. Shit. All right. Didn't they offer an, an equally competitive trade package for CMC as well? Yeah, I think. Oh. All right. 
Maybe David Tepper just really hates the Rams for some reason. The Bears turned Roquan Smith into Chase Claypool and a fifth round pick. I don't know if their mm. fans are going to be too delighted about that. Wait, as in like all of the picks that they got for Roquan Smith, they've traded to us bar the fifth round pick. That's even yeah, better apparently... than I was expecting. I, I even the... put down for the Titans pick. That's unbelievable value. The Bears traded a second go. round pick Chase Claypool. Yes. A second rounder. That's yes. insane. Yes. Yes. Oh. Tell you what. That is that is that has brightened up my day about this season. Let's go. Slightly questioning Ryan Poles at the moment, but we'll see what happens. Oh, it could work out. Honestly, like all he needs to do is just figure out how to not lay down when the ball's in the air. That's if, all he has he... to. That's all he has to do. What are the be Bears fine. averaging in passing yards a game right now? Like a hundred and seventy or something, right? Well, they ju- they just need a man like Claypool who can catch an inaccurate pass. Well, just don't. No, if they're going to throw it his way, and, and he's going to be, be able stroppy. to catch an inaccurate pass. <laughs> should be able to. Oh, good vibes. Right, what's next? Come on, uh, let's keep yeah, this train rolling. Let's get the train rolling back on track. Sorry about the breaking news that came through. All right, there was one game this week between two teams with a winning record. And who would have thought at the beginning of the year that it would have been the New York Giants and the Seattle Seahawks and that the Seahawks would come out on top 27 to 13 winners. We were unfortunately going to have uh, not only a guest spot, but also we'd planned it around a Mr. Longdon being on the show. Uh, but unfortunately, neither of those pieces have actually worked out, so we've all got to try and piece together the the, the points about this game. Um, Kenneth Walker is a fucking stud of a running back, right? Now that Brees Hall's gone down, I think he's my rookie of the year. Are you sure not Damian Pierce? I mean, Tom, sorry, Sam's going to be at you. He is going to be at me. His, but... What was it, 1,800 rushing yards <laughs> wherever he needed <laughs> But honestly, like, I don't. Damian Pierce is good. Don't get me wrong, but I just I feel like a Kenneth Walker showing up after after Rashad Penny goes down here and proving to be an absolute stud in a playoff bound Seahawks team will absolutely teeter him over the edge because Damian Pierce can only do so much, and with it being such a narrative award, Kenneth Walker is going to get this one surely. Yeah. Well, how quickly do you think Chris Carson can create a new voodoo doll? <laughs> I don't think that he holds any ill will towards any of his replay. <laughs> He's the one that retired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Oh. Did you see, um, you know how Walker had his um, sort of like runoff tackle to the left that was a touchdown? Yes. Did you see? Did you see that DK faked out the defender by yeah. pretending it was a pass play? Yeah, he he pretended to run a fade, so the defender just completely flubbed all running coverage. Nice. What a way to do that's, run blocking. That's absolute shithousery, and I am all for it. I am absolutely all for it. Yeah, I I think that 
sports are just as much about trickery as they are about skill. Uh, like faking out players is why skillful dribblers usually turn players inside out in football. Like Lionel Messi is capable of putting a man on his arse and that's like the best defender in the world that he's capable of doing it. Um, shit. Yeah. Just fake everybody out if if need be. Why bother getting physical? I mean, the fairy tale's over for... Oh, no, the fairy tale's not over for New York. Like they're six and two in a bad yeah. NFC. They're fine. <laughs> they just got to they, they got to stop the still, wheels falling off. <laughs> are they still the five seed? I think or are they so. not a seed? Which is crazy. Oh. I um, yeah, I don't know if the Giants are. I just don't know. I mean, like I said, they they play on the razor's edge in every game they play, and they need everything to go perfectly. And they did that again in this game, but they had two special teams mistakes that really lost on the game. So I don't see any reason why you should think any differently about them. This is fair enough. I'm I'm still enjoying watching their games. This this was just an enjoyable game between two sides that play enjoyable football. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that Daniel Jones uh, has been very rightly praised throughout the season, but sometimes they got to they have to play more as. A, He's a great game manager when the whole team plays mistake-free football, and that's why they have won six games out of their first eight, because they've played mistake-free for large parts of this season. Um, but he's still not anywhere near good enough to to overcome mistakes from anybody else on the team. Um, this was the first game where they made some actual howlers and I'm not saying that Jones was part of that but like he's if he wants to have a career in the NFL he's got to be able to occasionally win a game for for his team I don't I still don't I still don't buy him as a as a guy that after his rookie contract with the J, uh, with the G-men that he's going to get a starting job anywhere maybe he will not- but it's just do you not know, think the G Men? I think I think I've seen enough that the G Men might give him a two year deal. But will they want to pay him anything, and will he want to get paid? It that's what it comes down to. Because I think that Brian Dable would be fine with paying Daniel Jones a little bit, like the same sort of deal that Mitch Trubisky got in Pittsburgh of like seven million a year, two year deal. But I don't see him offering any more than that. Is my problem. Listen, man, we can't all get, what was it, six years guaranteed until we're 45 like Russell Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. At $49 million or whatever it was as well. Ouch. My, my phone is blowing up. Is there another, has there been another trade? Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I messaged, well, I messaged the group chat about, well, I messaged Emma specifically. Or tagged Emma. My wife! <laughs> you said that in the worst possible way. Where was the where was the Borat impression? Come on. Oh, it wasn't a ma- it wasn't a mad wife. It was like a 
Yeah, Why are you messaging That's my, my wife. wife. <laughs> it's my wife. Oh, God. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, for the love of Christ. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get this show back on the road where Ed can talk about another victory as his Vikings improved to 6-1. and one. The 34-26 victory against the Arizona Cardinals at US, uh, US Bank? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. The, the best thing there were, <laughs> there were two great things about this game. And number one was Jared Allen riding in on a horse for his um Ring of Honor celebration. That was that was great to see. But also forget, uh, just quickly on that, I always forget that Jared Allen only played for the Vikings for five years. He was on the Chiefs for four. Like he's <laughs> going in the Ring of Honor he's going in the Vikings Ring of Honor for five years. I know that he yeah. had his best five years there, but it's just a little funny <laughs> to me. Um, I mean, Kirk's rushing touchdown was maybe the most exciting single Kirk Cousins moment of his Vikings tenure. Would you agree? Like watching the whitest boy alive get vertical all of a sudden was quite was quite something. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just it was another one of these games where the Vikings were cruising and then the offense stalled and then the the defense did just enough to like stop the Cardinals. Like Zadarius had his best game of the season. Whoever got rid of him must feel really foolish. Um <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just a weird a weird game and once again the Vikings come out on top when games are weird this year. Yeah, which makes a change from last year, where they yeah. came out usually it's nice. on the foot. I mentioned it in the group chat. Like, It's so nice trusting teams to win weird games. Like, I had a re- Even though like it came down to the final play, I had a relatively stress-free day on Sunday. That's not happened to me before as a Vikings fan, because I'd never, ever trust us under the Zimmer era to be able to hold on to it. Uh, you can't ever trust a team to win a weird game. Like if it's no. weird, it's weird. If it's if if no. you're saying you trust them, what it might be is that it, it's not actually that weird. Because well, okay. if you're saying I, the Vikings are playing weird games at winning them all, that makes them a candidate for regression in the second half of the season. You know this is true, but I think part of it as well is like that was the game that took us to what we six and one. Like that was that was the game. Like it. It almost like I was like, oh well, we can afford to drop one here, and I've never had that experience with Minnesota before. It was like quite refreshing. Yeah, the the we can afford to drop one mentality is is it it is weirdly quite nice to know it's that freeing, even, even a loss isn't like the end of the world, but not in a not in a well our season's already over kind of way in a oh here we go the. It doesn't matter. This game, yeah, yeah. You're approaching it all wrong, Ed. What the the correct thing to do is when your a team is like clearly one of the going to be uh, there and there or thereabouts on the business end of the season. You can't go into games thinking. <laughs> uh, you can't go into games thinking we can afford to drop this one. You've got to go into games thinking if we see even the slightest crack in our armor or our weakness, we're fucked. We're not going to win the Super Bowl. There's no point winning the re- playing the rest of the season. That's what I've been doing for the past three years, and it works fine. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you you've not been you've not been weird at all. No, I've been normal through and through. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just another point on Arizona is that that since he's back, everything runs through D Hop. Like he had that incredible touchdown catch that was the one hander, but he's just moving the chains all day. Yep, for sure. They've definitely missed him. Um, I know that they didn't pick up the win here, but like getting DeAndre Hopkins back is is so important for the, how their offense works. Um, so hopefully they become a less stagnant team from here and actually kick on, and we might have a, a maybe interesting oh. playoff team. Perhaps. No, ho- hopefully they don't, so they fucking fire Cliff. <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the other way of dealing with this. Um, all right, and then finally uh, for this... Oh, summer, wait, 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 wait. Go on. The Vikings have traded for TJ Hawkinson. Did you discuss that? Uh, well, I was going to... When we got into like the trade deadline bit, I guess we were going to do that. But yeah, Ed, get, get some thoughts down about TJ Hawkinson... For a, a 2023 second and a 2024 third, uh, but giving up as well. Oh, wait. Yeah. And then I think there's like a fourth round. Yeah, there's well a fourth well. round going the other way as well. So, no, there's two fourths. Yeah, but one A fourth round this year and a conditional fourth next year. I don't know whether yeah. that means... Whenever they say conditional, I don't know if they mean it's entirely conditional, whether it would be like a fifth under certain circumstances or whatever. I honestly don't know. I get, like the value is there. I think on that trade, like it's questionable. But what you're getting is, um, probably a better receiver at this point than Herb Smith, a better blocker than Herb Smith. And it's it's a shame to say that because I like probably and... yeah. The word probably <laughs> is very strong here, given that T.J. Hawkinson is <laughs> yeah. Fair me. enough. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. But um, yeah, I. We've we've sort of um, yoinked from a division rival, which is like a, a rarity in season. Lions aren't anybody's rival, though. To be fair, no, this is true. But like, if he plays well, if he plays well, then we'll have had like Zadarius from the Packers. We'll have had Hawkinson from the Lions and the Amir Smith Marset yoinked return from Camp Danzler. To- okay, Tom's raising his hands. What is it? Uh, update, Irv Smith is expected to be sidelined for 8-10 to 10 weeks with a high ankle sprain, which is why TJ Hawkinson has been traded for. I missed this. Yes, so, 10 weeks. Yes. That's Ouch. a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think as much as anything they want a player who's a little bit more sturdy than Irv Smith is. Yes. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's like, always on the injury report. But it's um, yeah, as someone who is genuinely a fan of TJ Hawkinson, and I have him in a lot of fantasy leagues, like I'm, I'm excited about this. Just, yeah, the, just the the rich get richer. I think, isn't it? That's that's the the value of this. It makes a lot of sense. It's a surefire trade for the Vikings because I'm a bit every. It feels like every other year the Vikings acquire a tight end and then like through the draft or through free agency or through a trade, and then it's yeah. like this is the last piece of the puzzle. And so far it hasn't really happened, but it's kind of hard to imagine. It's kind of hard to imagine that it won't pan out for TJ Hawkinson. Shall I shall I part the kimono now or later when we're actually doing the I'll part it now. Um so all today I've been uh tossing and turning whether to in our trades 
sort of scenarios bit that we're going to set up later, I was sort of debating whether to to do Hawkinson or Frymouth to the Vikings because I was like, oh, tight end is just the position of need. Let's get the two young guys. So now I've been forced to to scramble a little bit for the Vikings. But yeah, the trade makes me very happy. Update on the Chase Claypool thing, just because I've seen the terms come through. Uh, The second round pick is actually the Bears one, not the Ravens one. So it's a potentially higher second round pick, depending, because the Ravens are leading the division and the Bears are not. So that's, that's, that's all I can add to that. Okay. Anything else for this game, or are we moving on to the last like game of the of the episode, and then we'll just like hit tiny bits throughout the rest, and then get onto the deadline shit. Sounds good to me. Cool. Uh, the Miami Dolphins thirty-one to twenty-seven winners in Detroit. The Lions one and six. It is uh, very much uh, a hot seat time maybe for Dan Campbell who has a lot of hype about him but is still getting absolutely no results from his team um and Miami improved to five and three this one was pretty fun though in the way that it sort of went back and forth uh but the Lions completely shut out in the second half meant that the Dolphins were able to flex their muscle a bit um my my question is Tua's stat line is 29 of 36, 382 yards and three touchdowns, which looks phenomenal. But do you think that he actually played all that well here? Because I saw quite a lot of being bailed out by Tyreek Hill yeah. in this one. Which yeah, I mean, is kind of why they brought him in. Well, yeah, that is what they brought him in before. Unsure, but yeah. A lot of underthrown balls, which is kind of what people were expecting a bit, um, with Tyreek Hill being so fast and Tua's arm not being as good. Uh, it's it it might have punished a team that had a secondary, uh, well that didn't have a secondary like the Lions, but it might not have punished a team that did have one. So maybe one to keep your eye out for. But it was a fun yeah. game in a week of in a week of very few entertaining games so that's why it's here oddly enough it's like what you would expect a competent offense to do against the the Lions defense right i mean it wasn't it, it wasn't like totally flashy but they did enough and after their bye the lines came out swinging but then they just went in the tank again and you start to wonder about dan campbell how high up he is on the list of coaches who could go next I think I don't. Obviously, this is this is not a Campbell point. This is a Lions point. I'm going to say it. Have you? Is there a team that is more systematically capable of crushing their own fans' hopes? Like every time there's like a shred of excitement about the Lions, it's just more of the same. Um, I mean, my go-to answer used to be a certain franchise. It probably still is, um, but less we said about them the better um no i i think that the lions are the most sort of moribund team when it comes to actually wanting to support them in fact uh with news of my brother's favorite player being traded from the lions he is again opening up looking for a different team again so 
He he got back on the Lions bandwagon after four years of abject failure, then spending a year with the Raiders, which turned into abject failure, and then got back on the Lions and is now looking for another team again. So hopefully you pick a team that um, you can get behind, isn't from an absolute shithole, or is at least entertaining. Fingers crossed for you. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, Matt. Um... Uh, anything else from this game or shall we hit some trade deadline in fact should we do like not not actually going through the bits but just pointing out some things uh, from the rest of the slate that you know maybe more talking points than the actual games themselves like for example um, Josh McDaniels potentially being a Jim Tom Sula moment this year Raiders completely shut out by the Saints. They are hopeless. What you the what's Saints, everyone saying? The Saints missing key players on offense as well, like missing their two starting wide receivers. Missing and their starting quarterback. Yeah, it's it's fucked. I don't think they I actually think they found their starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true. But I mean that was was that the would you say that was the worst game of Carr's career? It was. I can't remember. There's been a lot of track, has, hasn't there? Yeah, De- Derek Carr is one of those guys that when he plays well, I can see him being a good quarterback. But holy moly, there's some dreadful tape on his career. If they got an out on his extension that they gave him a bunch of money for, do they? Yes. Okay, they yes. will probably go for that. To be honest, after this season, it well, this has is the been thing. a failure. I actually, I was looking at, again, Zapata the Kimono. I came up with an interesting trade that I didn't go with, but now we're talking specifically about Derek Carr. How how do you guys think feel about Derek Carr to the Jets? I could actually, I really could quite see that. Like, and they'd probably send Wilson the other way. I don't know. I Another talking point is that I just don't think Zach Wilson's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. Had some dreadful He's picks in the game against the Patriots and Jesus Christ. Ones. And Mac Jones is, is still regressing pretty hard. Yeah. Um, on a more positive swing, Christian McCaffrey uh, became the third running back to score one plus passing touchdown, one plus rushing touchdown and one plus receiving touchdown uh, in history since the NFL merger. Does anyone want to guess the other two? I'll give you the years Tom- of when this happened, which was 2005. Tomlinson, and- without a doubt. Well, Damien Tomlinson was the 2005 one, but does anyone know the, the 1979 running back uh, who passed, rushed, and received a touchdown in the same game? Who did he play for? If I said who he played for in 1979, that would give it away. Right, so it's probably the Cowboys Walter... or the Raiders. It's neither of those. When it... did Walter Payton play? It is Walter Payton. Yeah. There you go. Just a nice little little moment. Nug. Yeah. Uh, and, and the then... uh, yeah the 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 Rams side is pretty messy. Like they came out after their bye and they looked like they might be getting back on track, but then the wheels totally came off. Yeah. And um, you know they can trade two. First rounds for Brian Burns, all they want. It's not going to fix their offensive line. It's not going to help them run the ball. It's not going to keep Matt Stafford upright. It's not going to make a decision to say, 
Cooper Cup in the game. <laughs> so, so he gets rolled up on. Although apparently they said he doesn't have structural damage, but when people say that, it kind of implies that they have other damage that they might miss a couple weeks. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it sounds a little bit like the uh, <laughs> the Brian Robinson missed structural damage when he got shot, kind of deal. Like he's still gonna, he still could miss time. Um, another point. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles broke, uh, well, tied their franchise record of seven and out as their longest unbeaten streak to start a season. AJ Brown, well worth his money, by the way. Three receiving touchdowns against a dreadful Steelers secondary performance. Um, wow, what a player, by the way, AJ Brown. We're all AJ Brown believers, right? Right around here. Oh, we're all in Brown Town, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> the um, yeah, Jalen Hurts can make throws that he couldn't this time last year, and that's good for the Eagles. He's definitely just—he's an example of how um, we can't all stay set in our beliefs. We have to adjust when we're presented centered with new information. Ed, yeah, I am um, absolutely. I feel like it's time. Um, I'll eat some crow on that one. Jalen Hurts looks like a good QB. If the Eagles. Uh, have a deep playoff run, Jalen Hurts for MVP if he keeps up this level of play. I it's it's you'd be hard pressed when Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and really perhaps not Lamar anymore. When when there's other guys playing so well, I'm not not sure if they if they win the Super Bowl. I know that MVP is technically awarded before the Super Bowl. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they if they waltz into the playoffs like sixteen and one, yeah, yeah, potentially. Okay. But then I just give it to all of Philly's O line instead. <laughs> well, that was that was more my sort of question. And is like, could we see that being the outcome? Like Jalen Hurts potentially being an MVP? I could. Oh yeah, really could. yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and then I, just... on that sort. Of... On that subject, Tom, how what's the current head-to-head for? Is it? Am I right in saying that the Steelers have lost the last ten against the Eagles? Uh, no, we beat the Eagles when Chase Claypool, funnily enough, scored four touchdowns in one game in twenty twenty. Uh, what am I thinking? What, never mind. That's completely the wrong thing. Then disregard. Fair enough. Uh, one funny stat was though that the Eagles this season in second quarter uh, have outscored the Steelers in all quarters. And the Steelers scored 30, uh, 13 points and the Eagles scored 14 points in the second quarter. So that actually got a wider margin of victory. Uh, so that's just a nice little stat line for anybody that, you know, hates the Steelers as much as I do. Uh, fire Matt Canada. Um, also, we you got should a couple... get in Matt America. <laughs> it's not Canadian football. <laughs> oh. That was so stupid and yet just so brilliant. Uh, we also had a couple of players get their first NFL start, Sam Ellinger and Malik Willis. I actually think that Ellinger had a better first start than Willis, but mostly because... Malik Colts... Willis looked like they just literally pulled someone out of the stands. They didn't ask him to do anything. Yeah, I, I think he threw 10 passes and like they were none of them were of any risk, whereas like Sam Ellinger threw an absolute dime to Alec Pierce. Uh how did that actually end up impacting the game's result? Well, the Titans won and the Colts lost, so turns out it didn't impact it very much at all. Fair. 
yeah let's get into the trade deadlines um i didn't prepare a third trade and my first trade that i was going to suggest has already now happened but to a different team uh so ed i know that you were the most prepared and most excited do you want to get the ball rolling for who could you see moving on trade deadline yes absolutely um the first one is uh, Mr. Pat Fryermuth to the New York Giants in need of a tight end for a second round pick and a fifth round pick. That's interesting. That is, I feel like if... A second and a fifth? Yeah. I feel like if the Steelers hadn't just traded away Chase Claypool, I could see that being the case. But Pat Fryermuth is now their their reliable inside pass catcher for when Matt Canada actually does want to look at the middle. So like I'm sure when they, I tell you what then, when they stop designing weird two yard screens for Zach Gentry, I'll listen. <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. It is a good point. Um Yeah, maybe I think just the circumstances of what's already just unfurled today probably is my only my only thing. I'd hate to see that happen by the way. I love Pat Fryermuth. I don't want him going to the Giants. I want him here in Pennsylvania. There was a... um, I had a moment when I was doing this thing where I was like, every player, I was like, oh, that's... You know, he could could move. I'm like, oh, well, just pencil him into the Giants then. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think... No, the the Frymouth one doesn't make any sense because although the the Steelers haven't necessarily massively helped out... um, Kenny Pickett, he does like Frymouth, so I don't, I don't see that that would happen. But a second and a fifth, obviously, he's got longer contract than Hawkinson, even though he's not really in the same discussion as Hawkinson. I would say at the moment, um, I, th- I think he's every bit as good. Like I, I absolutely had a first round grade on Frymouth. Yeah, I mean, he could be, but he's not at the moment. If that makes sense, Hawkinson, yeah, I think has been. Hawkinson has been has been, been, has been able to show off more of his skill set by being used properly. Whereas Pat yeah, Frymuth, but... you can see what's there, it's just that for some strange reason his whole career, Matt Canada has refused to use him. Um, probably got a, a probably got about a similar ceiling though, you would, you would think. Potentially. Um, yeah, maybe. I think that's a that's an interesting start, and it's a good start as well, by the way, because it's got us all talking. That's the thank you. That's the whole purpose. Uh, all right, Max, do you have a trade drummed up and ready? Yeah, I do. Um, so, everyone on Twitter at the moment with the Vikings making a move and the Bears making a move to add offensive players. Everyone's on Twitter like. Oh, the pack, uh, Packers are stupid. They're not doing anything. They should do something. They've got to trade for Brandon Cooks, who has an $18 million cap hit next year. All this, all this. But I mean, I think anyone with two brain cells knows that the Packers are not a wide receiver away from <laughs> turning their season around. There's a lot deeper issues than that. Um, so, my trade, and I'd be interesting to, I would be interested in this one. My trade would be the Packers trade away. Aaron Jones to the Rams for a second and a fifth, which does sound high, but 
given that they were in the market to trade, what, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth? Is that what the Niners traded for CMC? Yeah. They were around that that sort of area, a second and a fifth for Aaron Jones. I like it, but I also don't like it because we've both had a very similar brain wave about team maybe trading for a position that they desperately need and that team being the Rams. Because my my trade that I was most interested in was Alvin Kamara to the Rams. I'm just busily scribbling out Alexander Madison to the Rams. (laughs) (laughs) We've all agreement that the Rams do need a running back. Um, But in return, I had the Saints getting... This is this is where it unfolds a little bit. I had them getting Cam Akers a twenty twenty three second and a twenty twenty four third, because I actually had a look at what picks the Rams had left to to trade away, and that was my thought for potentially Galvin Kamara. I think Cam Akers needs a new change of scenery. I think the Rams need a running back. Yeah, I also it's don't crazy think to think with Kamara's assault charges they can get. More than a second and a third. I don't know. I think if, I think if the Luke's proved one thing recently, it's that nobody gives a crap about what you've done. Ah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I like both of these. It's weird, isn't it, when you think that at the start of the year we were like, oh my god, the Rams have Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Sony Michelle. They're going to be absolutely fine. And then we're talking. We're all talking about them needing a running back, but. I'd probably lean towards the Aaron Jones one. I think. I think Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones in the last few years has been better than Alvin Kamara. Yeah, yeah. Alvin Kamara's peak was pretty high, but he's not really shown it for the last few years. And Aaron Jones, the he's also player. like he's also not like a particularly great runner between the tackles, but, which is no, something Aaron he has Jones. to do. No, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones is. But, but that's something he'd be asked more to do for the Rams. What I will say, though, is that with the Rams, um, their strategy has been almost to get those guys that maybe did have a peak a couple years ago and trade good value for. So Matt Stafford's best years weren't in the last couple of years. They were a few years ago, and then he got to the Rams and you know they utilised him. Uh, OBJ oh, had they- had a couple down years in... Uh, the factory of sadness, but he peaked a couple years earlier. Uh, Von Miller had spent quite a long time injured. He peaked a few years earlier. I kind of see Alvin Kamara as that exact same mold, which is why my thought was there. But I like both of them. I like both of them as a thing. I think the Rams would have been smarter to go for Aaron Jones, but um, in terms of how they look at building their team, I can see Alvin Kamara being that guy. I should trade for Matt Ryan if they want guys who are slightly past their (laughs) prime of their career. Slightly. (laughs) 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 Did you guys see that the Colts are still, they still own Matt Ryan? Like, I think it was 15 or $16 million next year as well. Cause it's guaranteed. Ouch. Depends if he wants to retire or not. Yeah. He's got plenty of money in the bank. I don't know. I'd just say, fuck it. I'll just stick around. Yeah, but then they might actually start you. Yeah. Win win. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. 
Uh, Ed, back to you then in that instance, since we kind of got both of them. Okay. Um, speaking of the Colts, I, I looked up and down this Colts roster and I was like, oh, everyone's for sale. Like, and I, I ended up going with uh, the Colts trade Kenny Moore to the Vikings for Chandon Sullivan and a fifth. Oh, that would get the blood pumping. <laughs> yeah, I know slot corner. It's the flashiest position, but it might be the Chandon Sullivan might be the weakest link on this Vikings defense at the moment, and you can never have enough corners. So it was that, or like potentially like Sean Murphy Bunting or someone like that. But I don't know. Yeah, just thought like I think on defense the Vikings just need a bit of like a. A solid pair of hands. They've got a lot of solid pairs of hands, and I think that's enough this year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I don't really have anything to add to that. I think it's a smart move. Um, <laughs> I I was desperate. Like I was looking up Quentin Nelson's cap hits. Like, can I do it? <laughs> can I do it? I cannot do it. No, <laughs> listener. No. <laughs> I also just don't ever think that they would trade him away because. No. It's always nice to build around a good O-line piece, even if your team's bad. Well, this is the thing. I looked at Quentin Nelson. I looked at Ryan Kelly as well. Yeah. But, yeah, couldn't see him doing it. All right. Max, have you got a second one? Would you forgive me um, another Packers trade? Uh, I thought of an intriguer. And yeah, the Packers... Only if it's spicy. The Packers... Trade or oh, the Panthers trade Jeremy Chin to the Packers for um, Darnell Savage and a second round pick. Didn't know if it say second or third there. Second. I can't see that happening purely because I I think the Panthers have, have they've they've put their flag in the ground with the Brian Burns amount that they rejected and. Basically said, now they put their one. Brian Burns flag in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but they they've they've turned around and said we want like unbelievably good value back. I know what you're saying, but I don't think they'd accept anything less than a first for Jeremy Chin. I also don't really know what's what's in it for the Packers. An upgrade at free safety. A significant upgrade. I mean, I know they do really like Darnell Savage, don't they? And Tom's waving his hands. Breaking Tom's news! Hands. Breaking news right now! The Washington Commanders are sending Will Jackson the third to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so the Steelers get cornerback help. For I don't know what the terms are, but there is there is a trade that has happened. I'm literally I'm I'm just on Ian Rappaport's Twitter account just. Refreshing. Constantly. I don't understand that either. I do. I understand teams who are who are. Yeah, but why trade? Why not wait till the summer and see if you can get a free agent that you don't have to send draft capital for? Because it might not be very much draft capital. <laughs> it might. It might genuinely not be any. Yeah, but you can use those for something. You know, uh, every pick you can find, you can find a baby zappy. <laughs> this is true, but you can also find a Laquan Treadwell in. The- so let's let's temper that enthusiasm. I think that um, 
Yeah, William Jackson to the Steelers just—it does make sense to me because they're desperate for corners, especially because they benched to Keller with a spoon. Yeah, like mid-game versus AJ Brown. Yeah, it would help if Minka Fitzpatrick had been over on time on those three touchdowns. He he got over on the first one and just—I think he he wanted to be the guy that didn't drop one of the five picks that we dropped against Miami, and so forgot that you're meant to actually also play the ball. (laughs) <laughs> just a bad look um, but yeah anyway enough about that one um, yeah I don't I don't I don't buy the Jeremy Chin thing Max I'm sorry I don't I think it need to be more oh I didn't I didn't think it would I'm not saying it will happen I'm just saying you know or that you'd like to see it happen oh my god so, I'd love to see it happen are you out on Savage then I'm not out on Savage. I'm in on Jeremy Chin. (laughs) (laughs) In on Chin. You heard it here first. Yeah, about two years earlier when when Ed was doing his draft recaps. (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah, I'm saying that you were in on Jeremy Chin. You like the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I whiffed a little bit on Chin, I think. I'm not sure I was as big on him as others. I I was really in on Kyle Duggar. Oh, you were. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ouch. Anyone called Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll. I guess I'll hit my next one. I'm sort of going off the fly now because my my plans have all been thrown into into the river. Don. Um, Brendan Cooks actually got excused from training today for personal reasons, and I think that it's because he's about to get traded. Um, and my my initial thoughts when Ed brainstormed this was while DK Metcalf was out, uh, I was like, oh, Brandon Cooks to the Seahawks would be a really funny way to, like, picture that happening. But then DK Metcalf actually wasn't hurt for long term, so that went out the window. Um, so I guess... I just got to brainstorm an, an idea for Brandon Cooks to go somewhere. And I guess maybe the New York football giants who I could really see needing a wide receiver because they don't have any. <laughs> this is my point earlier. Can we just go through and go back through the list of all the players that we've talked about and see whether they'd be useful to the giants? <laughs> yeah. Uh... Almost like they don't actually have that good personnel. <laughs> <laughs> any like Jeremy Chin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Pat Frymuth. Yes. Adrian. Um, Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara. No. Mm, no, because they wouldn't hurt to have them on the team. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. I like this one. I think that Brandon Cooks could genuinely go anywhere, but a safe pair of hands and a, a wide receiver one to New York. Yeah, I like it. I don't like it at all because the Giants. Well, I'm trying to get up at the moment. I I, I want to see what that would put the Giants like wide receiver cap at for next year because <laughs> I don't know if they're paying Golladay next year a significant amount of money. I mean, presumably he'll have been cut by then. Um, and Brandon Cooks is on the on the books for a large amount of money next year, so I don't know whether that's where they would best be advice to spend their money at the moment. 
Yeah, I still like I still like the fit because they just need a wide receiver, even if it's a one year. Yeah, and I think with him being so actively shipped, I think that they could potentially get pretty decent value out of that as well as in like the Texans seem willing to ship it for minimal right now. Usually when you see a guy's name pop up on trade sites for weeks and weeks on end and then it hits deadline day and they start getting a bit like a bit nervous about maybe having to pay this guy for the rest of the season and not being able to use him they start getting a little bit desperate um so yeah yeah so next year um they have kenny Galladay's due to, uh for a cap pit of 21 million Selling Shepard four million. Um, I don't know. I think those are the only two actually. So that's not too bad. Although, actually, maybe they could do a wide receiver solution for the future. Because those, I think, are the only two wide receivers of note they have on the book for next year. Can uh, I Holiday and Shepard? Now uh, this trade, Robinson. I was gonna. Yeah, Wondell Robinson's a good guy. I was gonna float this trade as well. So I wonder if I can sneak this under the wire as just a a sort of um, a counter to uh, to Brandon Cooks. Is that all right? Sure. Before I knew that the Chicago Bears were, you know, in the buying market for wide receiver, I thought Donnell Mooney to the Giants. I could see, yeah. Again, another one where the circumstances of what's happened today have ruined your... And my list. <laughs> Nightmare. Um obviously there'll be much more news that comes out throughout the day. I I could I could eh, I could have seen Darnell Mooney being traded before, yeah. Because the Bears have been selling for the past few weeks. Like Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith going. Exactly, it makes no sense. What? what it was... just makes no sense to me. <laughs> Why did they buy with it with the hire of the two second rounders for a wide receiver? Oh. Apparently, apparently, um, the rumor was in the league this morning um, that the Packers were going to offer the best deal for Claypool. So the Bears have got in there and been like. Uh, we'll give you a high second rounder, and I can imagine the Packers not wanting to match that. Yeah, it's and one of those things like... like like when an agent uses it's always the Packers always get used by agents. It's like yeah, the Packers are interesting to jack up the salary <laughs> yeah. cost for some other team, and the fan base goes nuts thinking we're going to get this player, and it never happens. Do you know what the really irritating thing is um, about this trade? Is I now actually have to pay attention to what the Bears record is to find out what this val- whether or not this is good or bad value. I actually have to actively root against the Bears. I don't I don't so hard. you do that anyway. I don't no, I don't actively root against them. I just don't root for you them. Passively root against them. Yeah, passively, but now I have to actively be like, yeah, how about you throw another one of those deep shots to no one, Justin, just to really, really make my day better. Why don't you just find the nearest defender, give him the ball, and then leap over him without touching him again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that, oh that's even better. That's, that's so much funnier now that now that our draft capital relies on it too. 
Let's go. Well, it wasn't like they were going to win that game anyway. (laughs) I mean, you're taught to protect yourself in all other circumstances. (laughs) Yeah. It is funny. Yeah, it would have been a bit risky for him to lean over and tap Micah Parsons. He might have pulled something. Or (laughs) taken a really unnecessarily heavy hit that only Justin Fields would have taken. (laughs) (laughs) The Broncos are trading Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. No. No. For a package that includes a first rounder. The one it's... that they got from the 49ers. Holy yeah. moly. This isn't football manager. What the hell is happening? Manly Chuck. God. The Dolphins are going all in, and I don't think they have their quarterback of the future. <laughs> wow. This is... Uh... Yeah, it's, it's a football manager. When you're like four seasons down the thing, you're like on transfer deadline day, and it's like... Ooh, Alexander Lacazette to Jacques Tardonetsk, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, happen in real life fairly soon, if not for other factors. Yeah. <laughs> Non-off-field factors, shall we say. Oh, that's crazy breaking news. Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. Sorry to overshadow your Will Jackson one. It was a late-round pick swap for Will Jackson. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> no, 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 there's no overshadowing it. It was, it was very much. I don't. Eh. Whereas now <laughs> we have an actual splash trade again. Let's go. Splashing our dolphin. Okay, so the 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 full thing is Miami traded the first round they got from San Francisco, twenty four fourth, and Chase Edmonds um, for Bradley Chubb and a twenty five fifth. So. The Broncos are a selling team, so maybe Jerry Judy. We'll see Jerry Judy get moved. Uh, just a quick update as well. We kind of got to stop doing these breaking news uh, things coming through, but just another one that I guess I'm going to now use as my third trade. Trent Brown has just tweeted out the words next chapter and removed all things Patriots from his thing. Where the fuck is oh, he going? God. Where's he going? Trent Brown. Uh, Trent Brown to who needs a left tackle? Um, Ninety-five percent of the NFL. The New York Football Jets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were. I don't think they would trade him in division. No, no. Um, left tackle. Well, left tackle. isn't Garrett Bowles out now for the rest of the year? That's true. Denver. Just... What Denver they're going to spend the first player. rounder? They just they just got for Bradley. They're not going to they're not going to spend a first rounder on Trent Brown. Surely not. Um, even at the inflated price for left tackles. Oh, let, who needs the Bears? Yeah, it could be the Bears. It could be the Chargers. You know, if they don't think Salia's the guy. Yeah, but they wouldn't. Do, they've got a certified star there. They surely they wouldn't yeah. bother spending draft capital. Yeah, but I mean, who's the right tackle? I haven't moved oh. Rashawn Slater over. Right. Uh, time to be yeah. alive, eh? Wait, hold on. The who Titans? Was the who was the Packers' right tackle from a few years ago? Isn't he the right tackle at LA now? Oh, Billy Turner. No. Don't the Chargers have Matt Filer? Why would... The Bengals. Of course, it's the Bengals. The, Lyle Collins. He's not a left tackle, is he? He's a right tackle. Is he? Oh, right, okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah, fuck it. Trent Brown to the <laughs> Dolphins. Oh, I wait. mean, they'll play oh. right tackle. No, correction, we've spent all this time debating it. It turns out that he's just put, lol, bad timing on my part, but can't look that deep into things, my bad. It turns out, I think that he, means was some, just, he was just tweeting about something 
completely your unrelated. book he was reading yeah and his agent was definitely like oh. the agent was definitely the agent was like oh we've got something on we got something on and he got excited and it fell through yeah yeah absolutely All their right. right tackle is Trey Pipkins the third by the way the Chargers who Trey Pipkins the third it's a good Storm Norton is the backup. It's a good job that Trent Brown put that correction in about the book that he was reading instead of going there instead. Then <laughs> I don't know. Do you not? Do you not think Bills just gonna be like, right? Well, you said you wanted to leave, so off you pop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think right that Bill Belichick checks, uh, checks Twitter. Should we do one more and then get out of here? Because otherwise, we'll. Spend I don't have another one. You don't have another yeah, one. Sure. No, I don't have another one. Me. Me neither. All right, let's just get out of here. <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, what a great, what a what a wonderful time to be alive, eh? Um, thank you everybody for listening uh, throughout this episode. Sorry that it got a little bit like hectic regarding all of the trades that came in. Let us know what you think maybe should have happened on trade deadline day because this episode will go out after the deadline, I assume. Or maybe I might rush it out before it ends and you can listen to it and then let us know on Twitter. Um, And you can find that Twitter at at StiffLipPod. Ed, have you got a closing remark for us on the trade window as a whole? Um, Yeah, this is exciting. We should do this more often. Nice. My thought is maybe next time we should actually do it closer to the deadline so we can get the big ones in it feels like as soon as we stop something massive is going to happen yeah Derek Carter the New York Jets (laughs) oh (laughs) hey